welcome to the Legible Church Podcast, where we focus on clarity, transparency, and targeted communication. I'm here with my two best guy friends. I've treated them as equals right now. We're social distancing here in the COVID-19 pandemic. Welcome. I can't quite touch you. See? We're, we're a little bit closer than we should passing. be dead yeah. tonight, but we're Free talking. Free of germs. It is a crazy time to be alive, isn't it, guys? Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a rad time to be alive. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things I think every generation looks to be marked by something, and uh, this ends up being <laughs> our mark. We are marked by the coronavirus. Well, yeah. we'll hopefully <laughs> we'll be marked by our response to the coronavirus. Yeah, I prefer not to be marked by the actual coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, much more my chill attitude and survival yes. skills yes. Uh, placed on display. My kids are, are uh, never been more excited, though, because out of nowhere, schools just yes. canceled Seriously. for seven weeks. So mm-hmm. we've been talking time. with our kids, trying to be like very sensitive, modern parents of like, let's hear your feelings about it and this sort of stuff. Yep. And they never want to go back to school. They're totally fine uh, with being here and just being rad around the house. Yeah. They think puzzles are an amazing thing for some reason. So we're into that. Yeah. Um, this so, is yeah. also only day two of the... <laughs> <That's true. laughs> so we'll thanks check that, back in Thanks for that yeah. sobering <laughs> reminder. Maria Price, <laughs> when, always there. When the kids have been in the house for a week and a half now. No, I'm usually positive. I'm usually positive. You are sorry. usually I'm, positive. I'm sorry. Can I brought we, us down. I brought us down. So what, what we're talking about today... You brought um, us down, but COVID-19 will not. Oh, (laughs) we're here in a living room, which a lot of you are having to film and host services online and you were not prepared to do so, right? A lot of small, medium-sized churches are having to go online and it's such a unique um, place to minister to your church and to your people and stay connected while everyone has to stay home. So what we're going to talk about today is best practices for that. Um, Mainly, we're going to focus on churches who really haven't done that yet, um, instead of the churches who have all the technology um, and they're used to doing that on a weekly basis. Um, We have other content for that, but we're going to talk about how to improve your experience and how to set it up if you're kind of worried about what's going on and how to best connect with your people. Yeah, yeah. There there will be some information for large churches, especially as it relates to what it means to present to folks who are online just for some of them, it may just be reminders. Yeah. Um, but for churches who have never done this before, or you're small, uh, you haven't really focused on uh, the online experience, and so you're kind of like, like wish you weren't uh, jumping into the deep end. But here we are uh, in the deep end. Uh, we've got some 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 things yeah. for you. Um, yeah, that's my my church. They do they broadcast really small church, but we broadcast both to Facebook and YouTube live every single week, which is cool. But that's more it's a supplement, right? That's yeah. for if you're at home, if you're sick, or something along those lines. But at least where we are here in Southern California, for the foreseeable future, gatherings of ten or more people are banned. Mm-hmm. So. No churches, yeah. no church of any amount of size mm-hmm. can really effectively mm-hmm. gather. So, for that, like this context is instead of having the online church live stream experience be an add on or something for people at home trying to figure out how do we just take what's already in place, flip some switches, yeah. make some adjustments, since that's the primary method of. Uh, leading, engaging with, and communicating to their church over yeah. at least the next, what, six, seven yeah. weeks. There's so much unique stuff you can do to program services online without having to consider both the in-service experience and the online experience and pairing that because you're programming just for online now, and mm-hmm. so it looks different. But the first thing we want to talk about is 
technology and what yeah. are some best ways to just get online and make it sound as best as possible, look as best as possible. Mm-hmm. Dex has kind of a three point thing to, to talk through called capture, edit, post. Yep. So tell us about that. Yeah. And the whole goal behind this, the hope behind this is that people can get over the fear of, well, I have to buy a bunch of cameras. I have to buy a bunch of this and I have to buy a bunch of that. And we have to hire somebody to edit and all mm-hmm. the rest of that. Um, this whole entire yeah. thing is if you have never done this before, you were in church last week, you've realized, okay, well, this week or the week after, we have to figure this out. It's possible to do all of this sort of stuff just with uh, an iPhone. Totally. Um, yep, you can use that. If you have an iPhone uh, 8 or better, uh, the quality mm-hmm. works uh, fine on it. Uh, there's some hardware that we'll talk about uh, in just a sec that you can do to add um, uh, uh, so that the, the sound, you can still get stereo sound. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is, if you have an iPhone, if you have an Android phone. I don't know the versions of those. So I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure. But if you have an Android phone, an iPhone, and it's within the past five years, mm-hmm. the quality is good for yeah. you to be able to totally. do it. Yeah. Uh, the whole goal behind this is to keep community. It's not to make a technological leap. It's mm-hmm. not so that you have to become someone that you're not. It's just so that you can keep your community connected. Uh, and there's really simple technology to be able to use it. So the steps that I always describe it in is the same steps that you shoot a movie in or film in or any of that sort of stuff. It's uh, capture, edit, and post. Those three things. Capture it, edit it, post it. Uh, you can do all of this in your iPhone. So the capture is you use your iPhone. You point it you know, directly at wherever you are. Uh, you don't have to worry about capturing a big empty room. Nobody cares about that. Uh, get as close as you need to be for yeah. the action. This counts for both yeah. worship and for the speaker. Keep it as simple as possible. Mm-hmm. Don't try to capture your whole entire band through a stereo speaker on an iPhone. Instead, get the worship leader that you trust, a single instrument that they can be accompanied by, uh, do some songs together. Uh, for uh, whoever is communicating, don't worry about getting a lapel mic. Don't worry about any of that sort of stuff. Uh, there's a microphone that we'll tag in here. Uh, you can buy it on Amazon. It can be, uh, you can get it for next day, at least in our area. It's for next day. It's called a Zoom IQ7 Stereo. It literally connects to the bottom of your phone. It gives you stereo sound. It points just right in the direction um, Uh, that the camera is in. Um, And that is good enough both for you to speak through and for you to capture simple worship through. When you're you're capturing, test it. You know, test the sound. Make sure you're, you know, like coming up... With the lighting and the, the sound and all that, mm-hmm. you can record a little small video before. Exactly. And that's simple to do. Yeah. Even if, if you are at a church and you are the pastor, worship pastor, creative director, usher, you're, you're the only person responsible for it. You've got a small community. You can do this on your own. Point the phone at you, capture a little bit of audio, stop it, go back, take a look at it. Uh, it's fine. So... Uh, well, quick, quick example of that, by the way. This is our podcast, but we're recording on video just this week, it's kind of as an example of how this works. And we're, we're like maybe one step up above than what we're recommending you to yes. do. But <laughs> even for context, like we've got, we're in Dex's living room and you just pulled some light, lights, just spare lights from around the your house. Lamps around the house. Different lamps from around <laughs> like the house. That, that light over there looks like it probably came from <laughs> your daughter. Came from, from the, yeah, we, we snatched that. Yeah, we just have some mm-hmm. random extra lights just to bring in a little bit. There's Bethany, by the way. A little bit more lighting <laughs> mm-hmm. and that totally works for this context. Yeah. Yep. And so if you do want to take that extra step yourself, uh, lighting is one of those things. Sound, capture, all that happens on the phone. The extra thing is lighting. And if you can think about uh, back, top, front, back, top, front, if you can get a light behind you. So I'm going to 
uh, grab my phone so that you're able to see this. That little light right there on the floor is a shop light that uh, we use in the garage. That's just lighting up behind me. Mm -hmm. Side lighting, there's a light there. There's a light there, right? Those are the side lighting, top and front. <clears throat> You're just trying to get that. It's not, uh, it's not mandatory, but it is the thing that will make it less distracting so that you're not sitting in a shadow, you're yeah. not sitting in a pocket, and it best represents how you look to people's mm -hmm. eyes. For those of you guys who are just tuning into yeah. the podcast, audio like normal, you, I'll take my word for it, Dex looks good right now with all those oh, yeah. different lightings. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, but you don't have to go around and buy, you know, buy a camera light kit or any of that sort of stuff. Whatever you do, though, do not use the light on your phone. Do not yes. use that. That is only good for flash. Don't use it uh, as a part of your video. It just makes you look like mm -hmm. a zombie. It kind of washes you out. Um, so that's, that's the good, yeah. yeah. So that's the capture portion. Uh, the next portion is the edit portion, and it's really simple to edit video uh, on your iPhone using iMovie, which uh, is either already installed or is free to get from the App Store. Um, the reason that I say uh, edit is because I believe, and everybody sort of has a different thought. I'll give mine for this. I believe it's better in this particular context to capture everything before, edit it, look back at it. You can shorten it if it feels like, man, my message was too long. Okay, I'm thinking if I'm in the living room, is this you know, going to feel weird? You can shoot a bunch of worship all in one day, and then every single uh, week that you do it, you can just take, okay, I wanted to do song one and song five and song 10 that we recorded, and that's going to be our worship set for the day. And the next week, okay, we're going to do two and three and seven. You can just sort of record everything in a batch and put all of that before. Um, uh, and it also gives gives you the opportunity to be able to watch online with your community. So once we get to the, uh, the posting portion, there's a couple of different platforms that we'll describe. You can just be in the chat room with them, uh, not being distracted by, you know, can you see the questions that are coming in or any of that sort of stuff? You can just be sitting right there in the room with them. Mm -hmm. So the edit uh, portion happens in iMovie. It's really simple. Grab it. Uh, once you open it, uh, you'll have to select which movies you want. It adds those in the sequence that you recorded them. So if you just record your your what you you know what your weekend service is like, you put it in there. There's little scissors on the side. You slide the the yellow over to where you want it to start. You slide it over to where you want it to stop puts it all in the clips for you. Um, it's really quick and easy and simple to do. Uh, and you can, can post uh, straight out of iMovie to there. Um, I didn't, I never really used it a whole lot until my kids started uh, using it because I, I would post uh, or edit video on uh, other... Uh, uh, Professional tools. Yeah, because I've been just doing it for a while. But my <laughs> kids started using it uh, to make silly little movies and I was convinced that because my seven-year-old son at the time was able to edit movies in there that there was something to that tool. Yeah. And it is one of the best right. tools to be able to use for social media for things like this. And if that stresses you out, if you don't know what we're talking about editing, there's likely a young adult in your church that will know exactly what we're talking about that can help mm -hmm. you um, because it's the same type of interface they work with on a lot of social media tools. For sure. Like I would say for anyone, though, to jump in and give it a shot because it'll change the way you view your ability to post on social Love media that. for you to become more engaged throughout the rest of the week once we're on the other side of this pandemic. Hopefully this isn't just work that you start up and stop mm -hmm. during these next couple of weeks. And
instead it can become part of your natural workflow. And I guarantee you, all of us now have an extra 30 minutes to an hour yeah. to be able to learn a new, quick, simple piece of software. Um, but you're right. There's there, there's folks who use this sort yeah. of stuff uh, all the time. I have a question about, like, most churches have, um, you know, microphones on stage. Pastors usually have lapels, even small mm-hmm. churches. Um, what would you say, using an iPhone video, that plugging that mic in, how does that how does that work with the sound system already there? What, what are that, the best practices? Yeah, there? so the sound system that most people have is used to amplify sound in their room. And then it's used, uh, uh, in addition to that, you can record with it as well. I would say since the room's not important and not essential, don't worry about yeah. that. But we're going to talk a little bit uh, in a little, a little while even about context. I think it's probably important that you not even shoot so much in the room that people are are used to going to for church on the weekends. Uh, you can if you want to. Obviously, it's not a big deal, but I don't think it's essential, and I definitely don't think that it's essential to use all of the sound amplifying tools when you're just trying to record a video. If you already have a process for it, I mean, we mentioned this before, yeah. if you're already recording, you've already got video set up, mm. you've already got that, knock yourself out, this isn't necessarily for you, you already know that part. Mm-hmm. But for people who are trying for the first time and you you know, do a quick Google search, okay, well now I gotta buy this switcher or this piece of hardware or a converter or all these sorts yeah. of things just to be able to get a video out. It's not essential to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah a, a, a simple, you know, the microphone that I recommended is under a hundred bucks or right at a hundred bucks. Um, that will capture things just fine. Many yeah, of those the name f- of the game for these next several weeks is keep it simple. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Keep it simple. So that's the capture. That's the edit. And then the post, you can go straight out from your phone to post on anything, whatever you're most comfortable with for many people that's facebook for next step down is probably youtube um i say use those uh channels and post it to there tell people what time you're going to be watching it with them um i do think it's important that since the whole goal behind all of this is maintaining community Mm -hmm. that it's not just hey it's on youtube enjoy it whenever you feel like it Still keep a service time. I put that uh, in quotes, meaning yeah. I'm going to be on there to watch it at 10 o'clock. Let's all get on there and watch it together. Maybe you choose a time to post it. You know, for Facebook, uh, you can post it at a particular time. Uh, obviously, it's there over the course of the week and for the rest of the life of Facebook and or YouTube if you want it to be. So people can watch it whenever. Yeah. But from a community standpoint, it's kind of cool to uh, be there together. The People can you can use the comments uh, section as a chat uh, sort of feature and see people as they're talking. You can use obviously a chat actual chat feature mm-hmm. in those tools as well. Um, uh, but uh, post it uh, and watch it with them pretty quickly. Yeah. Those are the simple. absolute two best platforms to be using right now. Like there are other options, you know, Life Church and their church online platform yeah. is a really really incredible tool. Um, but what's so great about YouTube is that most people already have. Uh, extensive amount of experience on how to watch YouTube videos. And if they haven't, they yeah. have now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah, this, yeah, seriously. On, and and multi generational. Okay, right. your three year old kids in your church and your eighty three year olds, almost all of them know how to use YouTube. Totally exactly. easy. And if uh, you've got a family that's going to try and get together. Almost all TVs that have been sold in the last, I don't know, four years Mm. have like a built-in YouTube app. So they'll be able to watch it naturally without any kind of additional setup that has to take place Mm -hmm. on the large TV in their living room. So that one is really, really cool. And then the other advantage to posting on on YouTube, or excuse me, on Facebook is just the, the... 
shareability of that. Sure. So when somebody is engaging and commenting and chatting on the video, that's going to show up to members of their feed. So you're mm-hmm. essentially being able to piggyback on all of your church members and attenders, uh, their own personal friends and family that they're connected to on Facebook, you're exposing your church to them on the platform. So Mm -hmm. it's a really cool opportunity. Um, Those are the absolute two best platforms to go for Mm -hmm. right now, in my particular opinion. Facebook's great because you're going to get it in somebody's face in the moment and they'll share it. YouTube is great because it's easier to Mm -hmm. share and watch large TVs and stuff like that. Yeah. And if you are uh, a larger church or you're just considering uh, doing something that's you know, quite a bit more uh, extensive as it relates to technology and that sort of stuff. We can definitely consult on that. We can definitely connect you uh, and help you walk through the mm-hmm. install. We've got some great friends uh, with uh, great yeah. companies that do that sort of stuff. Um, uh, so if, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, we already do that, that's not solving uh, our problem, feel free to email me, dex at legible.church, Maria at legible.church. Mm-hmm. Justin at legible.church. Just email Dex or Maria. That's probably yeah. the best. M E R E A. Yeah. Maria. Yeah. We can help, you know, with some of the larger churches that are looking to uh, do something uh, a bit more. Um, cool. That's the technical sort of stuff. Yeah. We can kind of transition to, I think all yeah. of us have our own, uh, not necessarily pet peeve, best practices is what <laughs> we've been calling it. Best practices go. for what it's like, no matter what sort of technology you're using, these things refer small churches, big churches. Yeah. Uh, 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 even if you're a business owner and you're, you know, uh, are considering using video as a part of your content strategy, some of the things that we'll talk about next are just best practices for all of those. Yeah. This applies to everybody, not, not just those just starting Mm -hmm. out, um, or wanting to get set up. Um, the first thing is, uh, we talked about this yesterday is just to be your best self. Your yeah. authentic self. Just be who you are. Just be as natural as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's you know, one of the yeah. one of the like, sort of panicking <laughs> triggers for many people and many pastors is I'm so behind the game. You know, looking at big churches who have been doing this for so long, and here's my little you know I'm considering using an iPhone and a microphone plugin. Drop that feeling. Don't worry about that. Yeah, um, you you look at another church who they'll you know they're going to post, hey, we're doing a stripped down worship service, and like you talked about, it's on top of a roof, and they've got helicopter like a, shots, yeah, helicopter shots, <laughs> yeah, full on production people, yeah, right. None yeah. Of that totally. stuff. right. Yeah. In, in, in all honesty, I think some of that is a bit overwhelming at this yeah. point of, in time anyway. Uh, I know my family, we sort of retracted the yeah. things that we're looking, the things uh, looking at, the things that we're reading. We're in a bit more like, man, can we just knock all the luster off and just sort of find yeah. people who are like us and connect with mm-hmm. people like us? Some of the most, uh, uh, the biggest uh, uh, YouTubers with the most followers are people who just shoot things on their iPhone with their yeah. family uh as they're just driving around the community. It's not big, high-produced sorts of things. Uh, So, yeah, be your absolute best self. Don't feel pressure to uh, overperform. Don't feel pressure to create some magical moment. Mm -hmm. Um, Keep your community connected Mm -hmm. through simple, the things that the the church has rallied around now for thousands of years. Worship together. Yeah. Share the word together. You know, have these uh, sort of sacred moments. The only difference is the room that it's happening in. Yeah, I was, I think it's a great way to be creative, you know, really think about, 
um, where people are viewing this and, and how you can meet them right there in their living room. Like the church I'm leading worship at, um, it's like a medium sized church out in Orange County and they, uh, videoed from the sound booth and everything was on stage and it just was a long distance. There was no one in the room. Well, this week we're completely changing it and we're going into a living room setting. Um, and we're just going to speak as if we're there from living room to living room. And I think it will really translate better, mm-hmm. you know, as we continue to have to host church online. I view church online and I was, I was looking at uh, one of the churches that we viewed online. I probably looked at like five different ones and what they were doing last weekend. And I felt most connected to the ones that spoke to the camera, like remember that we're all in a living room together instead of just held the actual service as is. And then you can just view it, For sure. you know, yeah. they thought about us as we were viewing it, yep. which was good. Yeah. That's my personal best practice is like remembering that context is key. And the context, not so much, obviously, we're trying to figure out how do we create this content, <clears throat> which is very important. But I think the thing that is most important is how are people viewing this content? And how can you, as a content creator, as a person who's making these videos or to keep your community connected, to be able to think about the context that they're in and optimize your content creation, optimize that for their viewing uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, context. Uh, a quick you know, rule of thumb in my own mind is is you're not inviting them into your recording context. Mm-hmm. They are inviting you into their viewing right. context. That's good. So if you can consider, okay, well, what does it mean for me? If I were there in their living room, how would I be talking? How would we be doing music? You know, uh, uh, what would that look like and feel like? That to me is the thing uh, that is most important because what we don't want to do, we were talking about this uh, and, and Party pointed out that, you know, we don't want to create moments where they feel like they are missing out. Like don't don't have some yeah. big elaborate. Okay, we're gonna show you you know Easter from three years ago where we were shooting off the rockets and you know it was big <laughs> and crazy. Well, now all you've done is reinforce that we are not doing that now. Yeah, I watched a church uh, this last weekend. Well, not this weekend. I watched their afterward, and for the most part, they did a really good job. Except some of their on camera communication was also clearly they had people in the room when they were re- recording right. or live broadcasting right. their service that they would connect and engage with, and it just made you'd be like, oh, I wish I could, like, it just reminded you that mm-hmm. you can't be there. And oh, they yeah. weren't doing that on purpose. They just mm-hmm. hadn't really been intentional about that. So that's something I think you should be really intentional about mm-hmm. yeah. is make sure that you're not creating an experience where yeah. someone would feel like yeah. they'd miss out. Looking at the camera on occasion, treating the camera as a person. Um, I think that goes for worship team members too. Um, you're not just singing in front of a room. Uh, you can look at the camera when you're singing. You look at people when you're singing um, mm-hmm. and leading worship anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and treating the camera as a person, if you think about that, that in your mind, it'll sort of create that, uh, it'll do away with that awkwardness that I think oftentimes many people who, it's their first time in front of a camera, they don't use it a lot. You sort of get like this death stare at the camera because you're like, okay, I have to look at the camera. I have to look at the camera. So it sort of looks like a video, yeah, like a video version of a police lineup or, you know, something like that where you're just locked in. That creates as much awkwardness as if you never looked at the camera at all. So if you think, you know, if you're at lunch or if we're here in conversation, I'm sort of looking at you and I'm looking away and it's, you know, try to keep that same sort of natural kind of deal. I always think too it's important that if you're reading from a bible or reading from your notes read from a bible or read from your notes don't feel like you've got to 
plaster the back wall of wherever you're recording with all of your notes because that becomes the weird thing. It'd be like if I'm sitting there and I'm looking at a spot on your forehead instead yeah. of looking at a spot on your eyes like that. Everybody's like, what everybody's are you like, looking at? It's like when you, I, I always notice this, you, you'll see somebody when they're taking, if they post a selfie of themselves and they're clearly not quite looking right there, yeah. it's because yeah. they're looking at themselves on their phone during right. the selfie instead of looking, instead of looking at, at the, the actual camera. camera. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah keep yeah. your eyeballs on keep there. Yeah. Um, so I think those are big things just to come across natural. Um, I would say another point is I don't think anyone has to be reminded now that it's weird that we're not together anymore. Yeah. Like we all get that, you know? <laughs> We've all been home. All of, yeah. All the stuff that I was watching from this weekend was this constant reminder of how weird it is that we're not together. And I'm sorry we're not together. And this is horrible that we're not together. And at some point we're going to be back together. I think now we all get that. Um, use the time now to create as much connection, to close that distance and close that gap, not to reinforce it. Uh, I think language is key there. Yeah. Totally. From, a, from a church's standpoint, I mean, we all rely upon church for community, for love, for connection, for a reminder of our relationship mm-hmm. with Christ, affirmation of our relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we use this time just to remind people of how horrible it is right yeah. now, then the church has lost yeah. its usefulness, yeah. right? It no longer yeah. is salt, yeah. no longer is light, mm-hmm. no longer is any of those things. Instead, it's just hearing a coworker through a Zoom video, Zoom call say how horrible it is that yeah. we're not together. Yeah. Um, Togetherness just looks different. Yep. You know? So really, really think about how can you use time. I would also say this: time moves a bit more slowly in your living room than it does in the your your congregational yes. context as yeah. well. So if you've got an hour and a half long service in your room, man, cut that in half. Yes. Forty five minutes is. Probably yeah. more than the enough. The kids are probably likely there in the other room. Yep. So. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, especially if you haven't created secondary content yes. or additional content, not secondary, additional content for kids that they're going to be watching on their own. Mm-hmm. Just time just moves slowly. A couple of songs, quick message, opportunity to talk about uh, giving next steps and staying connected. Mm-hmm. Like That's more than enough time to, to, uh, to have for service. So... Um, yeah, I was thinking too, you can program uh, thinking about how people could engage with each other in the room too. Like if you do communion every week, like my church does, um, we found like prepackaged communion that people can stop by the church and pick up um, and not have to gather in groups to get. And then if you host things in your home, you know, plan the service where... You know, you say, okay, this is the time we're going to take communion, like pray with one another and then have some music playing and then, you know, allow for that time as people interact in their home too. Um, I think that could be really Mm -hmm. meaningful. That very same church I was telling you, you know, like they made me feel like I was missing out just a little bit. Uh, They nailed another moment in the service where I was like, oh, this is really, really great. Where they said, hey, you know, normally if we were all together right now, we would be walking around shaking hands and greeting each other. Um, (laughs) But instead, why don't you just pull out your cell phone and text somebody either in the church or in your real life um, and just yeah. let them know you're at church and you're thinking about them. Yeah. And awesome. I thought that was awesome. So we're going to do that in our church this weekend. That's cool. Yeah, so that's great. Dex and Maria, when you guys get a text from me on Sunday. Oh, I hope so. Um, Thank you. Just know that I'm thinking about you. Mm. Thank you so mm. much. Yeah. Um, moving on to one of the biggest, uh, probably 
the thing that make, is making church leaders the most nervous maybe is how giving can continue, mm-hmm. um, how to communicate that well in this time. People aren't coming in to put things in the offering plate and, and share in the ministry. And so how can we communicate that best? And what are some good practices in setting up giving online? Because a lot of you may not have that option already. Mm-hmm. People may feel unsafe in your congregation to give online. And so how can we communicate um, to make people feel safe, mm-hmm. um, that it's taken care of, um, and the options without overdoing it and without like passing it off as unimportant, all of that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. what do you guys think about that? Well, if I could just preface all of this by saying, I, I, I think it would be naive for church leaders to think that their church is going to look the same immediately following whatever this uh, length of time that the, right. the uh, uh, COVID uh, sort of deal is affecting us. Um, so as a church executive for a number of years, if I were still in that role, I'd be figuring out what does the church have to look like after this? Um, because hoping that your online experience or that people are going to stay connected, keep giving in the same sort of way. I just think that's a bit of a, of a naive assumption. Um, so you need to start thinking about that and figuring out what does it look like to, for us to remain an organization, to thrive maybe with less, fewer resources, you know, fewer people, any of that sort of stuff, and then you know, re- continue to rebuild, re-engage in a brand new and a different way mm-hmm. uh, coming out of this. Yeah. With that being said, I think it ends up being every church leader's responsibility and whoever is communicating uh, to the church going forward uh, that you obviously communicate the fact that this that giving is something that we do regularly, and so as we're maintaining you know our connection to each other and community going forward, we really need to maintain uh, regular giving. What can't happen, though, is that the church becomes another place of panic. And that was right. one of the things, unfortunately, that mm-hmm. I saw this past weekend. Yeah, We've all same. sort of talked about it, uh, that every church, you know, uh, it, yeah, I watched, I don't know, somewhere between five and ten different services over this past weekend. Uh, and most of them, if not all of them, communicated some form of, we really need you to keep giving. Things are really tough for us right now. Uh, It really was an organizational representation of their own panic, which going back to context, you have to remember that the people that you're talking to are navigating their own panic, right? Mm -hmm. People either have lost their jobs or not going to work uh, or somehow uh, uh, underemployed, if not completely Mm -hmm. unemployed. Um, and so we have to, you have to consider them. You should not back away from giving. Don't not talk about giving just because people are, are in tough times, but you really can't talk about it from a place of panic or a place of organizational need. So if I were the one, uh, in front of the camera, uh, communicating from a leadership standpoint, <clears throat> here's what I would say. Uh, here's the things that we do regularly. And the reason that we're, you know, online is because we want to maintain regular, uh, uh, a community. We want to stay together during this time. Here's the things we do regularly. We worship together. We share from the word together in a church like yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, receive communion together and we give together. And so we're going to keep all of those things going. If this is your church, you call this place home. We want you to do the things that you normally do. And that includes giving. Uh, and here are the ways to do that. And yeah. you start talking about the different technology pieces, you know, text to give. If you've got, you know, if people are connected, you know, through their uh, banking, you can talk pretty quickly about, you know, if you automate that, that works out great. We don't really have to talk about it anymore. Um, 
but it can't be from a place of panic. It can't be from a place of the organizational need because there are so many people who have their own needs. Some people are unemployed now. Some people are un- underemployed. Their hours are cut. Some people right. uh, are business owners, small business owners like us. We're trying mm-hmm. to figure out, okay, well, yeah. how do we keep life normal? Yeah. What are the next steps that we have to do? So churches uh, should uh, reflect or, or should, should not uh, talk specifically about their own needs, but to maintain that sense of context for people who are navigating their own scary sort of moments right now. Yeah, that's yeah good. I think this is an opportunity, honestly, to actually really be honest and talk about some of these other giving methods mm-hmm. in ways that at other times maybe would feel phony or out of place in the regular context of church. But you have to surround it in the right messaging, which, by the way, is not about you. You know, right. One of the things that I'm thinking this week, you know, if I had to get up and um, give a call to offering this weekend, I for darn sure would want to make sure that during this week, I wasn't just running around or we as a church weren't just running around figuring out how do we keep making church happen, but how are we Mm -hmm. like meeting, are are we maybe use a pastor or elders in the church or uh, what other things are like this are going around and um, helping the elderly and the seniors in your church, you know, um, doing all these things like, as we've transitioned into the giving moments, I would want to say something along the lines of, this has been just the wildest last set of week <laughs> that we've experienced, but because of your giving, because you know we're, I'm on staff, because of um, all these things, here's some of the things that we were able to do as a church, right? Yeah. Talk about those kinds of things mm-hmm. before you transition into your giving moment, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Certainly a pandemic is an opportunity for the church to shine and be what right. the church is supposed to be like. Mm-hmm. Don't hide that. Don't feel like you're being yeah. prideful. Share those things to give context context for why you are mm-hmm. um, going to move into the giving moment. And then you can just say, hey, because we're not giving uh, or because we're not meeting, most so many of you guys are used to using our offering plate or offering bucket or envelope or whatever it is you guys use. We want to just take an extra minute and let you know how it is that you can support um, the church. And you can direct them to automated mm-hmm. giving, like through their bank, setting up bill pay. You can direct them to your website if you already have online giving. If not, they're probably the two biggest tools that you can use and spin up really, really quickly. Uh, Push Pay is one of those online giving tools. And another one, I think it's just called Giving mm-hmm. from Planting, Planning Center. Mm-hmm. And a lot of churches uh, already use different tools and services mm-hmm. from Planning Center. And if you're using anything from Planning Center, I would just encourage you to use their giving yeah. tools. Mm-hmm. Because for my family and I, our church uses Planning Center to manage services and do kids check-in. Well, now if they were to add on, which they don't yet, I'm, we're working on that this week. <laughs> I just was there yesterday kind of on site helping them uh, with some stuff. If we were to move with uh, Planning Center Giving, what's great for me about it as an attender member of this church is all that stuff's now integrated and connected as opposed to having like five or six different tools. Yeah, go so, here for this. Yeah, go so just take this. a quick second and look at what other pieces of a technology are you already using as a church and is there something that yeah. you can add on to church that integrates builder. with them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, the great thing about the storytelling portion uh, as well, which I 100% agree with, is it now helps you to figure out what are we doing and what is going to work well. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, you know, as we were considering things that we were going to do, which, you know, as a church where we were on staff, there's a lot of different options for stuff that we could do. I would oftentimes use the story as a way of, of helping to be a part of my yes and no. Yes, we're going to do this. Why? Man, I can't wait to tell that story. No, we're not going to do this. Why? Well, it just doesn't really have the impact. Totally. So it could be something that as you're considering, well, man, what could I do? 
the, the, you know, being able to tell a story of what you have done could be a way of helping you to make some of those decisions. Mm -hmm. So I, I really love that. Yeah, yeah I mean, what, what, uh, my mom's church is a great example of this. They called my mom. She's a widow at home all the time. She's <laughs> over 70, so she's yeah. legally mandated to stay at home, yeah. uh, which means she's right there next to the, next to the cordless phone. So what, uh, <laughs> the, because their church is getting a ton of calls, they set up a deal where um, several of the, I think it was like the elders' wives or whatever, they called all the other elderly in the church and said, hey, here's Cindy, here's her phone number, because our church is getting overwhelmed with phone calls. If you need something, an errand, groceries, whatever, you call Cindy and she's going to coordinate and we'll, we're going to make sure that we've got mm -hmm. it taken care of for you cool. in the next two or three hours. Mm -hmm. Here's the deal. The pastor is didn't make any of the phone calls. Mm -hmm. The pastor is not running around doing grocery right. shopping for the elderly, mm -hmm. but the context in yeah. the church that he's set up and is leading, that's exactly what their church has done. And that's the kind of story that you can share right. that's that, that your uh, church is able to do because yeah. of the giving that's come from yeah. there. Yeah. yeah I, I think it's important to create some balance with the information dissemination <laughs> as a part of your online service. Because I think the sense is, well, here's the only way I can talk to people. So I'm going to give them all of the things. Here's how to get, here's what we're doing next week. Here's where to pick yes. up the groceries. Here's yes. how you do the whatever. And so now that you're doing your best to try to keep your service, you know, short and you're taking all the, okay, yep. You know, it's feels longer in the, in the house than it does in the, okay. So, but now you've got 40 minutes of just information uh, contact. You should be, Limiting the information uh, communication to as little as possible. What is the absolute essential? So. Giving how-to is absolutely essential, I think, yeah. every single week. But you can use this time, if you haven't already really started gathering everyone's information, use this time to do that. You know, uh, Leverage some people to make some phone calls. Figure out if your email list is up to date because those are the ways that you can maintain more information dissemination. I'm going to tell you how to do this, where to go for this. Here's what's happening with camp. Here's what's, you know, you can... Yeah. Share all that information through those channels mm -hmm. because there's a number of people who will be watching online who don't go to your church, who don't yep. understand the insight language, who don't know that you have a women's ministry or why that even matters. Uh, so mm -hmm. try to use this time to be able yeah. to focus on them and to be able to create some real clarity yeah. uh, in the other channels that you have to be able to communicate to people. That is so good. I love that, to prioritize what the actual service is supposed to be about mm -hmm. instead of a bunch of information giving yeah. and then to optimize the social media channels Use for that. so much content. Moving into social media and, and the opportunity it has to stay connected throughout the week. Most of you have to cancel all your weekly programming, um, kids programming, youth, young adult, women's, men's, a lot of small groups aren't meeting, but there's countless opportunities. I have seen multiple people. Sorry, that was me. You guys know if you're a longtime listener of the show, I just was cheering for no small groups meeting. <laughs> sorry, sorry, pastors. Those you guys of you know. who, who are, are wanting to stay in community, which is a good thing, by the way, um, can do that through FaceTime video, Google yeah. Hangouts. I mean, there's so many opportunities to still meet as a group. One of my friends, um, Morgan, I saw on her social media, she just started a story time with her kids and put it on Instagram Live. And she was shocked at how many families were tuning in to the story time. I mean, you could do that. You can, if you're home with your family as a pastor, you can say, Hey, here's what we're doing today. If you want to join us, you know, you can do 
tons of content. I saw a church, a local church put up a schedule of content they're doing throughout the week. Um, another church in our area is doing devotionals every morning on their social media. So this is a great way to stay connected. And also, I think it's a great way to continue to build engagement on your social media platforms and continue that as it goes on because mm-hmm. people can hear the message of truth and encouragement and hope mm-hmm. throughout social media channels when sometimes it's just, it's a platform of anxiety and worry. For so, sure. Such a great way to connect. Yeah. Yeah. If you generate two or three new things that you're doing on social media, I would say be sure that there's one of those that you consider a legacy project. Like you're going to keep on doing this and it's something you're going to be known for. So if you're going to start story time, start a midweek, you know, or daily devotional, start a whatever, think about one of those as no matter what happens with COVID-19, we're going to keep doing this as a part of our regular sort of routine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that once we get into the future, once we're past all of this, <laughs> there will be something that uh, uh, is is nostalgic and reminiscent of remember when we were all home together. Remember when our church went through this together. Um, it'll be a bit of a Ebenezer stone for yeah. you know to go. We we survived that. We grew during that, and now we're still doing this together as a part of that. Find one of those things to, uh, to mm-hmm. be that. I think that would be uh, could be really important and could be uh, a long term way of mm-hmm. of a, a, a trickle sort of growth. You may find these things are shareable. Mm-hmm. Daily devotionals are shareable. Now people are used to hearing you uh, as as a pastor or whoever your church leader is that's going to be doing the daily devotional. Well, now they're used to hearing them every single morning to help them start their day. Well, now they're going to take the next step mm-hmm. to find where the church is because I want to come see if they're going to be there on the weekend. Well, now they get connected and their family, you know, yeah, la, 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 it just sort of so grows good. and grows and grows. Uh, consider one of those things to do long term. Mm-hmm. So wh- one thing we want to end with is for the pastor uh, who is not used to preaching their message on video. Mm-hmm. want to give just some encouragement to you, some best practices, things to think about as you communicate your message uh, weekly for however long. We have to do it online um, and maybe even continue after. Mm-hmm. So The first thing that pops into my head is you know to consider the position that you hold between the individual and the rest of culture. You end up being able to be a really good filter mm-hmm. for them, for the average person to understand the culture that is buying a bunch of toilet paper for who knows what reason. That is you know panicking because jobs are going down. That may have lost you know half of their four hundred one k in about four four days. Um, all of that sort of stuff the pastor ends up being a really good filter for that. So if you think about it in that way, I think the tone changes. I think pastors have a real responsibility to help people understand not just what they should be doing uh, or what they should be feeling, but okay, well, how, where is God in this? Just answering that question, I think, solves a lot for a lot of people. Um, And then finally, my encouragement sort of goes back to what we are saying before, um, is don't feel like you have to catch up to pastors who have been doing this forever. You know, you see a guy like Craig Groeschel, this right. guy's been doing video for 15 years now <laughs> or something like that. Don't feel like you have to catch up to him. There's something really endearing about seeing a pastor, okay, I'm jumping into this technology thing for the very yeah. first time. If you can get totally. past the fact that I haven't quite figured out the lighting part yet, here's what the word of God has to say. Amen. Uh, there is something very endearing about that. Uh, and I would prefer that level of authenticity over delaying connecting with people just because 
because mm -hmm. you are self-conscious about yes. the message. You so know what? Good. One of the best so possible good. things I think you could do if you're nervous about how do you transition into uh, from the church and preaching and teaching in in front of behind a pulpit into a room full of people to TV first, screen first, is go to YouTube and just type in uh, Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. And look for the episode he did on March 17th, 2020, St. Patrick's Day. It was the first episode where the their show had been shut down, and he recorded it from their family playroom. His wife was the, awesome. the camera lady. <laughs> uh, instead of having their fancy NBC graphics at the beginning, yeah. he held up, uh, they were doing feedingamerica.org was the featured charity, mm -hmm. and he held up a graphic of their hand-drawn logo that one of his daughters <laughs> had Love done. It. Um, I laughed when he did the monologue. He pulled, he literally lifted up a sheet of paper and read jokes that yeah. his team of writers <laughs> must have been. And, and I laughed. Yeah. And he, and he was reading it. You could see the piece of paper he was yeah. reading it from. And then he grabbed his guitar. He sang a song. And uh, it was pretty so funny. Great. And it closed out. The whole thing was like nine and a half minutes or something mm -hmm. along those lines. Mm -hmm. And it was... It, it was, in essence, what you go to The Tonight Show for, but it was completely contextualized and very appropriate and just personal, intimate. Mm -hmm. um, like you were saying, humane. What was the other word that you, mm -hmm. land, uh, that you landed on a second ago? I can't remember. Whatever that word you said was. Endearing. Endearing, yeah. yeah. It was to endearing, super endearing to watch. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's a great example of this is a show that has million dollar budget, huge amount of people mm -hmm. um, dedicated to producing a really incredible mm -hmm. uh, live broadcast yeah. experience multiple times a week. Yeah. And they're stripping it all the way back mm -hmm. into the family playroom. And it was awesome. Yeah. So. Another, another quick resource just to help give you some context or to be able to reference. There's a, there's a young guy who does a thing called Insta church oh, yeah. from Hawaii. And it's essentially one song, one message, yeah. Uh, over the course of the weekend, the weekend <laughs> messages are longer, but over the course of the week, it's like a, like a 30 second, you know, he'll be out skateboarding and that'll remind him something about God. And he just yeah. says it right on camera. Something that simple mm -hmm. uh, is uh, the sort of thing that you should be considering. Mm -hmm. Not, I'm going to go take a look at, you know, the last five Joel Olstein online sort of deal. Like they've just been the, the scale of that is not approachable for people who are trying to figure this yeah. out. And to be 100% honest with you, I, I think there is a group of people that that is effective for. I think most people or a number of emerging people, especially people who are looking for God in a time where it seems like God has forgotten us because of the <laughs> coronavirus, for those people to be able to see something quite a bit simpler, not as slick mm -hmm. and uh, uh, a, a bit closer to the ground for them uh, is way more effective. Yeah. That highly contextualized uh, idea, I think, is just so profound, and it's, it was meaningful to me, even in my living room. Mm -hmm. Like I felt, I heard the kids that we had over and the few adults that we had just singing together as mm -hmm. we um, had church and had breakfast. Like, and I was just moved emotionally. Like, there's something really unique about the intimacy and the connectedness, mm -hmm. even though we're all separated. Um, that there's so much closeness happening um, in those settings. So, like, take advantage of the beautiful opportunities we have yeah. um, to do that and make making your online services more legible and, and connected with your congregation and communities. Um, we would love to talk to you. If you have any questions, like Dex said, please email me, M-E-R-E-A at legible.church or Dex, D-E-X at legible.church. And we would love to help you set up anything or talk you through some online giving options, things like that. Um, it's a privilege to be able to connect with you during this time. And we appreciate you listening. 
Hang in there. We got this. 